Hello. Hi, guys. What's up? It is my last pod officially in New York. Welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast, the perfectly imperfect pod where I lay it out for you straight as fuck. It is episode 19, and I'm actually recording on a Sunday morning, which is my holiest day of the week, Um, not just because we go and do holy things, but because it's my morning to do whatever the fuck I want to do, and so I wanted to spend it with you this morning, which is crazy because... I went out with a boy last night and we stayed out kind of late. We had good Japanese whiskey and he's been a guy friend of mine for a while now and I actually have a crush on him and I didn't really know it. (laughs) Isn't that so bizarre? Life is totally full of surprises. It's so weird. My friends were all like, oh, (laughs) it's like, oh my God, I'm starting, I think I'm starting to like someone. six days before I tear myself away from this city. And they're like, of course, because isn't that just how it goes? Oh, life is so interesting. Um, Welcome to episode 19. I hope that you guys have been feeling good um, and understanding that with this podcast and all that I've shared in my long, but also short career that I've had, um, but it's a respectable one um, that I've I've had a lot of fun, and I think that's something that I want to remind us all of. I'm going to talk today about something that a lot of people, even professionals, come to me for this constantly. The boys are no longer afraid um, <laughs> to ask a young female writer in food and media how she did it all, especially when it comes to books. Welcome to the Book Nerd episode 19, How I Penned Six Books Before I Turned 33 Years Old. Now, when we talk about what's important in a lot of these maybe business-focused pods, I think what sets a lot of people apart is sharing our traits and our talents that we have that nobody else has. And I don't really know many other girls that are still in their early 30s and (laughs) killing it with books and media. And like, we got so much PR and press this year that I'm over myself. I was like, oh my God, Candace Kumai, have you heard? Oh my God, Candace Kumai, the golden girl of wellness. You know, it it was a lot for somebody that doesn't really want that much attention this year was the year where we could actually share the work so that we could better serve you. But I thought one thing that I really haven't shared yet is how I wrote six books before I turned 33. And I'm going to give you some tips and advice. This is a really good episode to write notes on. Now, if you don't want to become a published author, then I would um, probably suggest that you take the mindset of pod number 19 as how to build a brand and a business and a successful business um, by the time you turn 33. So like figuring your shit out before 33, which is, as my mother would say, you know, they say the median in life is at 33 years old. So maybe you are going to have a good one. And consequently, 33 was the worst year of my life. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was the year that I had that stupid breakup and I, I don't even like talking about it anymore. So um, we're never going to talk about that on this pod. How about that? You guys are never getting all of the deets, maybe in a book or something one day, but like it's so not worth it. The best part is, is that you come out of these breakups as a different person, different perspective, an open mind and an open heart. And speaking of, even though we know 33 is this good year, I also wanted to read you something that I read the other day that I thought was really fascinating. And yes, I'm going to answer um, some questions today. Here's a quote by Mr. Tom Hanks, and it says, truth is, I'll never know all there is to know about you, just as you'll never know all there is to know about me. Humans by nature are too complicated to be understood fully. So we can either choose to, one, approach fellow human beings with suspicion, or two, approach them with an open mind, a dash of optimism, and a great deal of candor. Tom, thanks for the memo. This is one of the most important traits to possess when becoming a successful business owner. Number one is to be open-minded. And number two is to live with the notion that everything will be perfectly imperfect. So one must remember things are not going to always go the way that you think they're going to go. So number one, stay open-minded, stay curious, stop being such a shithead and a judgmental one at that. And number two is wabi-sabi, like live with the notion that everything is perfectly imperfect as it is. At the beginning of my career, when I first started to write books, I was highly discriminated against for many reasons. I was like 25 years old. I was hosting um, at Home Shopping Network, selling all kinds of things to people fucking knew how to roll it. And I got shit done. Like I could turn paper on that show, like no problem. The thing is, is that the stacks were never going in my pocket. They were going to everybody else but me. And so I've had to painfully but successfully learn how to turn that around 10 years later. So I did learn from the pros. And then when I got pulled onto a show called Cook Yourself Thin on Lifetime from HSN, Um, I moved from Cali to Florida to New York City to shoot that series with the whole Martha Stewart team and Lifetime Television with A&E. And what happened on that show when I was 25, 26 was the executive producer was so smart, she wanted to launch a book, a cookbook simultaneously with our show. So the first time I had an opportunity to start writing a book as a collaboratory effort was Cook Yourself Thin. And what it was, was three of us hosts um, compiled our favorite recipes together for the show. And they had to get approved and edited and photographed and all that. But it was such a smart idea because the book became a New York Times number one bestseller virtually overnight. Uh, The book is still beloved by so many people. It helped so many women lose weight and get back on track. And I was really young. You know, it was my first foray into book writing. I'm having a matcha right now. Um, and it was it was unique. The whole thing was just unique. All of a sudden, overnight, Allison, Harry, and I became like these three girls that every publisher was like, who the fuck are these three girls? It was also really painful. You know, they didn't uh, credit the full 
author, um, sort of co-author thing to all of us. Something must have happened from what I heard. Uh, one of my co-hosts was a brat and didn't want our names as the authors, which is so dumb. And um, because I was young, I I had to like let it roll off. She got the ganai. It cannot be helped. I had to just like learn how to roll with it. Um, that was tough. But you know what? Someone's taking notes constantly. And I feel like Whoever is watching over me has been pretty darn good because I'll continue to be honest. And I think that's another point that we have to make when wanting to write and create as an artist or build a brand or business. Be honest. Don't be a shithead. Don't be a liar. And certainly don't compare yourself to anyone else. I watched some videos of me on... God, on different shows, like, because we're putting together this really sad New York sort of memory video, as my mom would say, don't forget all your memory items, and you are packing them, don't throw them all away. So we're doing like a memory video, and I watched um, on one tape how this friend treated me, and I was like, oh my God, like, shut your mouth, like, you should never push your ideas or ideals, or morals, or values, or choices onto another person, and you certainly don't need to compare. I mean, it was so weird, because I almost had this, like, vindication and validation of, like, oh, oh yeah, she was always that way towards me. So, again, just be an honest person. You don't need to tell anybody else how to do things or live their life. And one of the things that makes me cringe the most in business is when somebody tells me, that's not how it's done. This isn't how we do it. And, you know, to me, that's a sign of somebody who's really close-minded, especially considering the social media turnaround. And I do know what I'm doing in that front. And I do know how to sell and turn. And I also now am learning the hard way, like how to weed out people that have jealousy, spite, anger issues, drama. (laughs) Remember um, when Project Runway came out, God bless, it's back on Bravo, and Raymundo Balthazar in the opening credits used to say, drama has to happen. (laughs) And ever since then, my friends used to say that, I love, drama has to happen. It's so true, but you don't have to have those people around you. You can choose and pick and choose every now and then. Okay, so moving after um, Hyperion publishes Cook Yourself Thin, and no, we didn't get paid a dime, not even a penny for that book. So that was another really sad thing that happened. The book was credited to Lifetime Television and never us. And, um, you know, sometimes when you're a young, naive gunner, people take advantage of you. It's another reason why I'm taking a little break from New York is I started to become resentful of the people that constantly ask me to do things for free. We learn as we grow and we give as we go and we learn also to set boundaries as we propel into the next chapters of our lives. Protect yourself. Okay, so now we're going to talk about how to move that idea forward. So if you have a solid idea, you want to work on that. 
So for instance, after the success of Cook Yourself Thin, I sat down with my book agent, Kirby, and we were all at Willie Morris and all the guys agreed. They're like, hey, you're never going to get your book deal unless you land a TV show. And so that was something in the works that we were all planning on moving towards when I was like 26. And of course, we did land a Food Network pilot. And that it's another very painful story I actually won't tell you guys about today because I want to focus on books. But the redirection of your course sometimes and almost always isn't really up to you. So you have to learn how to roll with it. Like Shigata Ganai is one of the ace tricks that I could give to you. The easier you are to work with, the more pleasurable you are to be around. When you are a joy and a light and a breath of fresh air to people, you will attract so many bees, so much honey, the sweeter you are. So when you're working on your solid idea, like I went to the agents and I kindly said, even if we don't get a show idea, my co-hosts are signing books right now. And then that was the fire that was lit. And he's like, oh, if they're getting a book deal, then you're going to get a book deal. So we went out the gate with this idea. It was called Skinny Waist Fat Wallet. Don't even ask. Um, That book got me 10 meetings with like the big 10 publishers in the city. I didn't even live here yet, you guys. (laughs) It was so long ago. And I, we went like to all the publishers in one or two days, fucking ran it. It was awesome. Like we met up in Chelsea Market, we went to Random House and we went to Hyperion and we went to um, Grand Central. We went to, just trying to think, Simon and Schuster, Penguin, Rodale. And we ended up, uh, we also went to HarperCollins too. We ended up going with Rodale and that was where I got the start of my career with Pretty Delicious. So Pretty Delicious was originally titled Skinny Waist Fat Wallet. So what we did for this solid idea was we put together a one sheet, or in this instance, a book proposal that was many pages on what the book would be about. So it's good to get like the premise of the book, a table of contents. It's all TK, which means to come in publishing terms, but you write out the ideas on paper. Oh fucking crazy fairy horn this is the last time we're gonna have the fairy horn guys so maybe we should embrace it today hey thanks fairy horn for ruining the pod god i get so serious and then the hair the fairy oh and there was like a rap concert that went on at four in the morning here the other day it was so bizarre so weird it was so weird anyways (laughs) work on your solid idea get a book proposal together the idea the table of contents and then a little bit of what you'd be focusing on, like sample recipes, sample images, things of that nature. And if you're not good at writing, then hire an editorial consultant, hire an editor, hire somebody who's going to be with you all the way. But it is important to get a really solid book agent. So don't forget, be good to the people around you, work with masters at their craft. That includes the editors, the agents, the producers, Even the publisher should be a magician. So don't forget to go with your gut and don't always go for the money because you're going to get different offers when you go out the gate. You may not get any offers at all, actually, but you have to keep going because do you think that I got everything that I ever wanted in my entire life? The answer is straight up no. And 
all of you know that I'm like ride or die about work and about you and being of better service to you and doing something to help others with my life. Um, I don't know if you also noticed, but I stopped putting my face on my book covers a few years ago. I just said there's no point and it's not necessary. And I'd rather help people through um, a metaphor, a beautiful image, or through creativity of the mind versus like a really cheesy photo of me with a bowl of spaghetti in my hands. Basic and really lame. Okay, so moving on, it's also really important to not copy people. So please write this down. Stay really original in your ideas. Get the ideas from your dreams. Get them from those moments where you're on your bike spinning or you're like on a run or at your workout. Those are the moments where you can get really creative and say to yourself, the creative juices just went through me. (laughs) That sounds sexual, but it's not. Um... God, you can tell what's on my mind today, guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome to my life. So fabulous. Like, being in this position, though, it is as hard as it can be. It can also be a lot of fun. Like, dating in New York is a lot of fun. Okay, so don't copy other people. Try to get original ideas. If I had a dollar for every time somebody copied me, I'd also be so rich. I saw people (laughs) copying the artwork to Kintsugi Wellness now, and it's just so sad. I'm like, you guys, give me a fucking year of originality. Like, like, let it just be the only book out there. Um, It's just whatever. You do have to come to terms with it. And like Tom Hanks said, you have to be like open minded and and take everything (sighs) in with an open mind, because you just never know. But as an artist is something that I've worked through. Um, And I think also doing a lot of self-work towards the end of my run here in New York has been so beneficial. So don't copy and stay original. And I touched on this a little bit earlier, but again, I want to note to use your talents that you have. So it's like using your superpowers that you have that nobody else has. For so long after Pretty Delicious came Cook Yourself Sexy, which was a beautiful book, to Clean Green Drinks then Clean Green Eats, to Kintsugi Wellness. And it was a incredible progression of my story in real life bound together and published into books. It was my way of saying, here's who I am from Top Chef at 22 in Cali to Candace Kumai, the boss Aspie, who's running it in New York City in her 30s. That was a cool transition. And the thing that you may or may not have noticed is that the whole thing was actually documented within my books. Now, it is really ironic that all the boys that had restaurants that some were nice and some weren't to me um, are now either out because of the Me Too movement or they're... um, coming to me with advice on like how to write content, how to shoot it, how to produce, direct, execute, edit, publish, all of that. And the answer is, is I don't know how I learned to be this pro in the content creation space other than the fact that it was all that I had to offer. So my talents were in cooking, recipe development, writing, my Japanese heritage, my Japanese past, my Japanese future, 
and also living in the present and knowing that like there's a position for me right now that I'm filling a void in and that is to celebrate the traditions of wellness from different cultures and not clickbait. I just don't really have a thing for that because in between writing all those books, I also worked at many magazines and I just said, uh, I want to find something that's worth my time and yours and to celebrate the stories and traditions of different cultures that were based off of like ancient principles and how we can now turn those into Success, business, brands, thriving, ancient traditions that now I use in a modern day world to fucking crush it. Write that book. Okay, so using the talents that you have that nobody else has, write down three fucking things that you're good at that nobody else is. It could be anything. It could be decorating cakes. It could be running faster than your colleagues. It could be, you know, being a really good traveler, or maybe you speak French or Portuguese. Maybe you're really good at editing. I mean, I find good editors to be like incredible human beings. Maybe you're a great video uh, cinematographer guy. I mean, that's amazing. And maybe you're like my cat, just chunky and cute. Oh, look at you, chunky. She's so chunky. Sorry, she's right next to me. It's fucking hot in here today. Jesus. It's like September. (laughs) All right. So also think about what brings you the most joy. So throughout the duration of these books, what always kind of impressed me was I played the line producer, the producer, the director, in some instances, the creative director and photographer, set designer, prop stylist, food stylist. I mean, you name it, I've played every role, which is why I have respect for my teammates. But let's not forget that every book shoot that I did was not perfect, wabi-sabi. In fact, there were two different book shoots that were absolutely horrendous. And we talked about that in past episodes. Like some women pretend like they're going to support you and then they, um, and then they just like use you and it's terrible. <laughs> But um, that that is something that happens. And uh, I really urge all of you to take a deep look inside of yourself and know who really supports you at the end of the day. They're not fair-weathered friends. They're the friends that are there through all the bad stuff when the drama has to happen. Wow, I need water in here. It's hot. a deep breath, guys. It is a beautiful day and you are healthy and alive. Okay. What brings me the most joy? Not those ladies that were mean to me, but yet putting together the content, the writing, the recipe development, editing it, seeing the final touches go on everything. It's like putting together a beautiful project every few months. And what brought me a lot of joy, I think, was like teaching the younger girls on my team, like how to write a book and produce content, be really organized and neat. 
I enjoy teaching very much and educating and, you know, enjoy the the finished product. And when CBS This Morning had me on um, their morning show once, it was one of the first times where I was ever sat down in a professional setting on a news station interview where I could talk about my family's heritage. Um, and while that may not seem like a big deal to you, my mother and father watched the episode and my mom told me that my dad, who's very quiet and a man of few words, looked over to my mother and said, that was the best TV segment Candace has ever done. And it wasn't because I nailed it. And it wasn't because the food looked perfect or the book looked fabulous. And it wasn't because it was a great time of day on a gorgeous New York day on a Saturday morning show nationally. It was because it was the first time that they showed pictures of my family. It was the first time that they asked me, if you could have a meal with anybody, who would it be? Um, and I said it would be my Polish grandparents and my Japanese grandparents because uh, they both lived through the war. And I would have loved to have learned of their personal stories directly from them. It was because they showed pictures of my family and I as kids recently together at a wedding of a family friends. I mean, when you live in smack in the middle of New York and your sister's in London and your parents are in Cali, you don't have family around. And when I write, it's from my heart and my hand is on my heart. It comes from deep inside of me as an expression of gratitude for them. And so when my dad said that, it wasn't because they called me the clean queen on CBS this morning. It was because I had found great joy and pleasure. And I felt for once that my parents were proud of me. And if that sounds crazy to you, all of you immigrant kids out there should be shaking your head right now or tearing up because... They don't tell me that very often. That's a white parent thing. <laughs> oh, you're so great. You're so beautiful. You're so amazing. <laughs> no, you don't get that. And that's fine. Like the it, wabi-sabi, it's all different. It's all good. But, you know, it's nice to hear it every now and then. So back to my point, Think about what really brings you the most joy in the process and you'll end up cultivating a really rad brand. Do something totally off the wall unique. So I've said this in another podcast and I'll say it again, but you really do have to ignore the haters. The haters are going to be there um, no matter what. And you could be LeBron or you could be Cindy Crawford or you could be um, an A-lister. You could just be, you know, a blogger that writes about food content. But everybody has haters. It's kind of like the sure thing that comes with success. And um, the more important thing is, is how you handle them. And so a lot of my friends who are with me that are in the same industry, we all say, you know, Gabby says to forgive and delete 
and then you also have to block. And then Luke's story tells me that he does the, um, oh, Luke, what do you do again? Not forgive and delete, but it's like block and bless. That's what it is. Block and bless. <laughs> Get a child. <laughs> so, um, I have to always think about it because I don't get a lot of haterville anymore but I used to which is weird and it might have been because now I'm like established and I have my shit going for me and I do have my shit together I know what I'm doing and he he (laughs) sorry I've got men on the brain um and I I think to myself that he or she whoever those psycho people are must really be pained and in turmoil and trauma of their own in order to be so hateful. It is very easy and very weak and very, um, small to be a person that writes hate about another. And I mean, I'm a wellness writer for God's sake and a chef and somebody who's been like tortured for their entire career please don't pick on the people that are self-made. I mean, think about their story. If you really want to pick on someone, go find somebody, you know, that's really doing something bad. I don't know. I have no interest in doing anything related to the sort, but just ignore the haters and know that they are part of the process and that God will never give you anything that you can't handle. And at one point or another, I think those haters, when they see who you truly are, they will start to feel your empathy, compassion, and heart in all the work that you do. Because when people hurt me before, I took it really personal. And I now have learned and grown into a much more beautiful human being with confidence and grace and the grit that will not leave my heart but will be carried on through my work and passed on through my travels over the next year. Now, (laughs) that's so weird. This is my next segue. (laughs) Travel often. Enjoy the ride. So my um, phone and email and DMs and comments have been blowing up with people asking me, where are you going? And you know what the answer is, is I respect myself enough with privacy to not have to tell you everything. I already open up my whole life and my coursework and my family's lives to you, even if they don't want me to share our embarrassing stories or photos or whatever. I usually am like, well, if someone, my mom and I now say, if someone can learn from this experience, then we should probably share it because we can in the end. We know, in the end, we said this together, we will help more people by sharing our story and we should just let go a little. She got like an eye, like we are human and humans connect over relatability, vulnerability, heartbreak, trauma, ups and downs, wabi-sabi, imperfections, bad things happening, good things happening, celebratory things. But my God, if you haven't talked to me in over a year or however long it's been, and you just want to text me all of a sudden to know where I'm going, remember my mom's words, heed to Kumai Sensei. She says, "Don't you don't have to tell people everything because some people just want to gossip. And it's so true. Respect 
boundaries, protect yourself. Travel often, enjoy the ride. Well, here's what happened was once I got through Clean Green Drinks and Clean Green Eats, which were two phenomenal books that help so many people heal from hospitals to wellness centers to spas and yoga places all over the globe, people loved those books. And then I was just ashamed of my Japanese upbringing. I did not think I was good enough. I didn't think I was Japanese enough. I didn't think I had it in me. I didn't think I could possibly write anything about the Japanese. I didn't think that they would love me or maybe I was just scared of the outcome of that book. But Kintsugi Wellness was really brought to me when my publishers at HarperCollins, uh, my editor Julie and my publisher Karen were like, you can stand on your own two feet. You are brave. Like you will get through this and it is time for us to write your Japanese book. And I really, really had to think about it. And like I said, with number one today, work on a solid idea. Like I didn't even know how to fulfill that one, that area of my life was always like, you know, I was like teased about it. And um, there was a lot of pain behind the mask and the persona that I had um, with work here. And as my friend Mariana in Sardinia told me, I want you to take some time for yourself. And she said, you don't need a man for Candace Kumai. You need a man for Candace. And I really like Candace and I haven't really spent time with her gently and with gloves and with protection around my heart in a while. So I went to see my therapist the last few weeks to do a lot of self-work and work on my heart and my head and my spiritual and mental physical health. I would be a hypocrite if I told you that you needed to work on self-love and and I do not mean bullshit self-love like stuff you post on social. I mean like real deal self-love like reading books that enrich your heart, sitting with a therapist and telling her your deepest fears and what you need to work on in order to get to a better place. I mean taking time to do stuff that makes you feel good. Like sharing a lot of my ideas with you on this pod, that's the self-work. Don't fucking kid yourself. Stones and baths, clickbait and fucking serums and creams and shit, that's nice. But it is not a heart opener and it is not a heart sealer or mender or healer. That is going to come from you doing the work. As a graceful woman who was knocked down seven times, I will always stand back up eight and my life is so imperfect. I sit here in front of the city before you. I will have probably three meltdowns before the end of this week. And that's okay. That's okay. When I hugged my friend Akhtar on Friday, I went to see him at his restaurant. Just massive tears ran down my cheeks. And last night when I'm sitting with one of my guy friends at a Japanese whiskey bar and we're just chilling, I just, I wrote to him as soon as we got back and I was like, oh my God, you just made this move a lot harder. <sighs> Nothing is perfect. Nothing is also permanent. Everything is transient. And that's what Wabi Sabi is about. 
the notion that death or the end or life is possibly right around the corner. Life could end any day for you. Live in the moment, live present, work on yourself, stop telling other people what to do with their lives, stop judging them, and just live and work on yourself. Work on being a better person. At the end of the day, I want to be able to walk away from New York City as the most well-respected girl in my space. I want people to say, that Candace was so fucking special. She is going to be missed and she will forever be welcome back here. And you know what? There is a very big possibility that I might turn right back after all my travels are done and come here. I don't know. It would be nice to be by coastal. <laughs> But I am not perfect, and I don't need to tell you what to do with your life. You know what to do, girl. You know what to do, boy. You got this. Now, remember to travel often and enjoy the ride. Trust people a little bit more if you can. When I was writing my books, I had a really hard time because I always want to control everything as a type A girl. And I think as a, a business owner and somebody who has had a roller coaster of emotions and financial ups and downs as I've been on my own, um, the one thing that really kept me together was the sheer notion of like never giving up, like knowing that another job is always around the corner. And if not, then you would have to build that next job on your own. So right now I'm working on things on my own to keep me afloat. But that's what kept me going with my books. I understand that if I don't sell enough books, that I'll never get another book deal because people will be like, oh, well, she didn't sell any books last time. And this time, things are different. The book did phenomenal in the US, but it did even better globally. So my job is to go out and celebrate with everyone in Saudi Arabia, in Portugal, in Brazil, in Taiwan, in China, in Russia, in Poland, the Czech Republic, Turkey. I'm coming at you guys. I can't wait. I'm so grateful that you picked up the book too. And hopefully, in fact, there are more to come. All right. Lastly, I want you to learn to accept everything with an open mind. So this includes the fact that you may not get the book advance that you wanted. The terms may not always be up to you. And my pub dates always get pushed back. I mean, this last book was supposed to be out in December, then it went to January, then it went to March, then it went to April. Accept. Be gracious and patient. Be kind. Be easy to work with. Be punctual with your deadlines. Be punctual with your content and work. Be professional when you want to be an author. Why would you ever consider putting together a bound published piece of art that looked like shit? You know, I don't know. People were like, hey, you're really lucky that you have the eye and the art and the, the background that you do because um, not everybody has that. And that's, I don't know, to me, it's like second nature. I would never want anything with my name on it if it was like half-assed or looked shitty. So blessing and a curse. But if you're like me, remember to constantly do better. Kaizen is an anthem. And another big reason how I penned six books before I turned 33 
Kaizen will keep you going. Continuously improve. Don't ever allow yourself to settle. As my father says, do not conform, never settle. Expect the worst, hope for the best. Lastly, I want you to always keep that open mind with your books, because if I fought against Kintsugi Wellness and said, no, I really, really, really want to write Clean Green Wellness and Clean Green and Clear, which were my next two slated books that I thought as a really close-minded writer in the city at one point in time, those were going to be my bestsellers. Now, you have to trust other people that work better, bigger, more experienced around you, This sense of entitlement for all you young guns, come on now. I mean, I've been there, but you got to realize and have respect for some of the people that have been doing this for a while. When they convinced me that it was time to write my Japanese book, um, it it was received with great honor, but yet lots of of gray sort of confusion to me. I never really figured out, I never like pinpointed in my head and heart why I never dove deeper, but maybe it was because it was a process too. So I wanted to write the wellness and health books and the cookbooks and the drink books because I wanted to save lives and teach people that Health and wellness can be prevented through food. But as I speak to you, it will be hypocritical of me to say, to listen to your more experienced elders and then not do that myself, which I contradict myself earlier. So I'm going to work on doing a better job of accepting the process that some of my friends say, this is not, this is not how it works. I'm like, Ugh, whatever. Now I just have to be a little more accepting and say, all right, tell me, teach me, tell me, teach me. I'll learn and I'll grow. But I am a Taurus and I am stubborn. But respect, being open-minded, accepting, trusting more, those are key attributes to possess and to share and to practice when you want to be a successful author. Go with your gut. Get that outline going. Start finding a great book agent. And just fly. One of the last things I want to talk about is respect. Now, when we spoke earlier today about how you have to talk about the things that you have and do and love and practice that nobody else has. And it's not to say that there aren't plenty of other women out there with respect in my field, but now that you know me a little bit better, like now that you know I came from immigrant parents who said, you're never going to make it in food, and now that you know that I came from San Diego and packed up my shit on my own after being on Top Chef at 23 and getting slayed, Um, I came here on my own also and and was like dirt poor and I made something of myself. So I, I signed 60 branding deals and penned six books and I now say to myself, what's next? 
And yes, I am going to leave on Saturday. I have uh, six days. So this is a really scary time. And I have um, a Saturday to say bye and a Friday also. So I have like five to seven days of uh, grieving and changing my mindset. But one thing I will walk away with here, and I always have had this in the back of my mind because my parents taught me this at a young age. I have respect for myself. Now, when you're sitting on the other side of the judge's table on Iron Chef, not all of those chefs think that you're there because you're a successful writer and author, but a lot of people think I got to where I am because I'm pretty and because I have a good PR team. So let me tell you about debunking those two things, women. If you are pretty, count your blessings and your lucky stars. Use it to your advantage when needed, but don't abuse it because it's about the content. I want you to stick to books and writing and content and artistry that has a meaning behind it so that when you leave this world, you leave a legacy of grace and elegance in the words, in between the lines, on paper, digitally, in each photo, behind every lens. May you find grace and strength and the utmost self-respect for your work and yourself. Take yourself seriously. If you need to wear pin skirt, heels, hair up, and have really beautiful, hot lipstick on or whatever it is that day, lashes too, then go work it. Don't be ashamed of being a beautiful woman, but make sure your outsides match your insides. There's nothing more dangerous in this world than a beautiful, smart, talented woman. I'm going to answer a couple of your questions, and then we're going to move on to wrapping up New York Wabi Sabi. All things are perfectly imperfect. All right, so XO underscore Veronica Ray wrote... How can you genuinely make friends in a big city? Okay, so this is great reflection on how I've done it. But I went to a lot of events when I first came here. And there's a lot of free community events that you guys can all go to. And that's how I met Molly and then Janelle. And Alyssa and I work together. And like, for instance, I'm going to work out with my friends Nicole and Ashley that live close to me. They're my neighbors. So a lot of girls I meet at workout class or at yoga And that's like bar method, bar, pure bar, bar three and yoga. And I, we meet up and we have a great time. Or like, for instance, like my friend Nagar at Vogue, her and I have such a great bond that her or my friend Faye that's over at Cosmo, like we just all get along because we all work hard and we play hard and we love our lives as single girls in the city. And we have a great time. You will attract light and love with other friends, but you're going to have to make a little bit of an effort. So plan dinners, plan lunches, plan workouts, um, and be a good friend. You know, be there. Write back to people. 
even when, you know, you don't feel like it sometimes, like give, give yourself a little break and then, you know, write, Hey, how are you? Hope all is going amazing. How is life? Ask people how they're doing. Easy. You can always start up a conversation with anybody after yoga or bar class. Um, and same kind of goes for community events or events. So when you move to a new city, don't be afraid. Smile and attract more bees with that honey. Okay, so chi.esposito, Chi Esposito writes, this question is directed at the job seekers opposed to the entrepreneurs. So in a previous pod, you said that your CV is your clapback. What are your tips for a professional badass CV that differentiates one from the rest beyond the core CV aspects? So I'm assuming that you were talking about my resume because um, I did note that my resume is always like my going to be my clapback and the the lineup of experience that I have is my clapback. I'll always, always have that with me. Um, so what are your tips for a professional but badass CV that differentiates one from the rest beyond the core aspects? So... I think that you have to look back at your experience and note that everything is, is actually a part of your process. Like when I was a model at 15, that got me real comfy in front of a camera. And when I was a TV host at 25, I got real comfy in front of an audience and selling stuff to everyone and presenting and when I started writing books at 25, 26, I got real comfortable learning how to express myself, but also with due diligence, with punctuality, with purpose, and learning how to make everything neat and pretty. And I think that not one thing on your resume will ever stand out more than another. I still prize my line cook days more than any other time in my life. And you know why? Because I never want to fucking do it again ever again. Never. I, I just, I learned so much when I was there. I said, thank God I did it when I was young and I got it over with. And I did it when it wasn't cool. I did it not for the fucking gram. I did it for myself. And I put myself through culinary school and put myself through debt. And I invested in myself because I fucking believed in me more than anybody else did. And that, my friend, is going to get you much further than any resume will. Just put time and effort and investing behind what you want to do. You know what? Fuck the resume at the end of the day. It's just a piece of paper. If you show up and you show people how well you can produce and you don't tell, there are so many assholes out there that think that they're somebody special. And you know what? Until you show me your work, you are just going to be like everybody else. Basic. I roll with a fucking fabulous group of women here and support them for the rest of my life. Does it matter if I'm going to be in Hong Kong next week, Tokyo the next, and Okinawa right after that? I fucking salute and stand by those bitches to the end. I know how hard most of them work. In fact, all of them. But I mean, it just, you're going to attract what you're going to attract. And if there's something you're going after on the job market, 
Make sure that you line your resume up to be perfect for that specific person. For every job I apply for, I do a very streamlined, neat, and specific custom resume, video, links, content, and images for that person. I read up on the person that I'm interviewing with and or the person that's interviewing me. And I read up on their past and their present, and I ask them about their future. I use their name when I meet them, and I say, hey, yeah, I saw that you have a really cute puppy on Insta. Or I say, hey, um, you used to work at Helmet Lang. I fucking love that brand. They have incredible, impeccable clothing. Things like that really make a person feel great. And if you really want to nail a job, my friend, Chi Esposito, go get How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie easy. All right. I feel good today. We're not emo right now, which is fabulous. It's like a roller coaster. But I am going to read you a little poem. (laughs) My friend Dane and I were laughing because we were like, hey, (laughs) she goes, sky's the limit, girl. And then I was like, sky's the limit. And you know, (laughs) you keep on, keep on pressing on. And all those teachers that hated us when we were really crazy in high school. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mr. Kistler. We definitely did not get along. But hey, look at me now, Chris Brown. <laughs> All right, he is a terrible, not a good person, by the way, Chris Brown. Not Mr. Kistler. He's fine. I was just total like party girl in high school. What's changed? All right, I wrote a poem for New York and for all of you, and uh, I want to share it with you. This is it, guys. This is it. All good things do come to an end, and like a figure eight, they will repeat themselves. Um, And my eighth year here has felt like a loop. And if my husband or my future is meant to be here, then I will be back. The poem reads, Dear NYC, You'll always be my favorite fling because you know how to make my big heart sing. Gracefully now, my time has come to bow with you, my final song sung. I leave you with an aching heart for you are where I got my start. For now, I must part to help those in need, to lend my global hand to them, Godspeed. May you continue to shine your beautiful light, because the world needs you, selfless and bright. The stars, you can't see them here in the blue, because they're in the city making all of their dreams come true. Remember, that light is in each of you. Don't dim for anyone, guys. Don't let people take that away from you. The magic forever lives on inside your heart, and so at this time I ask that we gracefully part. I love each and every one of you, This is me signing off from the last 
I think <laughs> New York City pod and I love you guys I'll be back I'm this is not goodbye this is just a like I need to work on my personal goals and endeavors as much as my work and balance things out now I love you have a good week and take good care of yourself and tell two friends about the pod please and ask them to follow me on insta I'm full of really good goodness and grace and I'm very real and I hope and pray that social will turn around and, and give a little bit of grace and give more to the people that have been contributing good things on and off of there for their entire career with no expectations. Love you guys. Uh, have a fucking fabulous week.